Thanks, Pastor Mike. Good morning, church. Morning. It's good to be here. I'm excited to be here. And uh, my daughter, Lydia, is here with me this morning, and I'm glad that she's here as well. And uh, I send blessings and greetings from Bustleton. I don't know, if has anybody been to Bustleton? It's not a bad little place. And uh, we've got a very long jetty down there in Bustleton. Must be about 10 kilometers long or something. It's uh, no, not quite that long, but uh, it's good to take the train out there, have a look at the underwater observatory. So we're blessed to live in Bustleton, but this, you know, it's, it's good to be anywhere where the people of God are. Amen. It's really good. So I'm glad to be here. Um, Pastor Mike, when he invited me to come several months ago, I thought, yeah, I'd love to come up and just to be, uh, uh, be a blessing here. I remember coming here many years ago. And Pastor Mike actually interviewed me um, very seriously. Uh, and uh, that was the whole credential process. So uh, I think I passed. <laughs> Praise God. Um, how many of you know that Jesus is wonderful? He really is. And this morning I just want to uh, focus on what God's put on my heart. I want to just bring a simple thought to you this morning. When I came here, I tell you what, I really felt very welcome. I felt extremely welcome. I felt extremely honored and privileged to be here. I felt the love. Isn't it good to feel a love? It's really good to feel a love. And um, I just want you to think for a moment as we just come into to look at the word. How would you feel? How would you, what would be going through your mind if you had the Lord Jesus Christ standing right before you, like say John the Apostle was on the island of Patmos, and Jesus said to you, do you love me? What would go through your mind? Do you love me? Here's someone who is infinite that loves with an immeasurable kind of love and he stands before you and says, do you love me? I have to be honest, I don't know what I would say. I would just fall down before Jesus, I think, like John did. I want you to turn with me to John uh, chapter 21 and I just want to read a few verses of someone who had the same question presented to them. In John 21, and I'm going to read from verse 15 from the New International Version. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Three times, Jesus said to Simon, son of John, Peter, do you love me? Three times, do you truly love me? Love's an amazing thing, isn't it? 
We can't quantify love. We can't, it's hard to qualify. It's hard to, if, if, if someone was to say, can you show me love? We can't sort of instantly pull it out of a hat or, or, or show it. It's very hard to, to differentiate. Love can be a very powerful thing. The most dynamic and powerful thing is love. Love can be a very crazy thing. I've, some, yet, sometimes we, we do things out of love or because we love and we think, wow, that was crazy. I want to just show you something. I want to show you a young guy who did something because of love. And if we can just put the video clip on right now. Oh, totally, dude. Good man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, quick announcement, if I may. My beautiful girlfriend, Brooke, and I have been together for a while now. Four years, baby. Four, who's counting, right? It's, uh, <laughs> I think it's about time I ask her a very important question. Bobby the Ring, please. Oh, my God! She's happy now. <laughs> she wasn't too happy for a little while there. Crazy things people do for love. It's an amazing thing. I didn't do anything that crazy when I proposed to my wife. We were just at a beautiful little place called Bunkers Bay down there in the southwest. I got down on the knee. There was all the waves just coming in gently. And I proposed to her. And I'm glad she said yes. So 15 years later... You know, I can testify that, you know, it's a good thing that uh, God brought her into my life. Crazy things we do for love. Absolutely amazing. Um, We can express our love in so many ways. Husbands, wives, children. um, We express our love. Sometimes we might go and buy a bunch of flowers for someone. Or we might buy some chocolates or some jewelry or a car or something else. Sometimes a, a thoughtful wife might cook her husband a, a beautiful meal you know maybe um as parents of 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 children we we might see our children and they're doing well they're running a race right lydia and we'll be cheering them on and we'll be saying come on lydia and we're cheering them on and we're giving words of affirmation because the children thrive on that and it's an expression of love there's so many different ways you know for my wife to know that she's loved I'll, I'll tell you this She's not here today. But for my wife to know she's loved, I just need to go to the shed, pull out the ladder, get on the roof and start cleaning out the gutters. Or I'll get the lawnmower, start mowing the lawn, or I'll cook the meal, whatever. It's these acts of service. And they speak volumes to her. I mean, it doesn't mean much to me, but it really, (laughs) it means a lot to her. For me to feel loved, I love when she just puts her arms around me. Gives me a kiss, you know, tells me that she loves me and all. <laughs> I'm a bit of a softie that way. But, you know, so we all have these different ways that we appreciate and experience love. Love can be demonstrated in so many ways. What I find interesting, friends, this morning is that Jesus turns to that disciple, turns to Peter, and he says, do you love me? 
do you love me? Do you truly love me? More than these. It, it's, I think to myself, is it, is it like, does God need our, our affirmation? Does God need to know that he's loved? Does God have a love language? Does God need to feel this? Is he dependent upon our love? Does he require that? When I read what Jesus says, I can't help but see that God values every expression of love to him. Now, whether it be in acts of service, whether it be in praise and worship, whether it be saying, God, I just love you, whether it be saying, I just want to spend time with you, whatever it is, God values our expressions of love to him. But let me say, I believe if there's one thing that really captures God's heart, if you really want to get God to sit up and pay attention, I want to turn your attention to what Jesus says in John 14 and verse 15. John 14, 15. This is my text. It says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Just a simple passage. The Message Bible says something similar. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. And so this morning, one of the ways that we express, one of the ways we express our love and affection to God is just through simple obedience to him. Just obedience to him. And that captures his attention. This morning, my message is simply called God's love language. Father, I pray, Lord, as your word is spoken today. Father, I pray over these people that, Lord, your word would touch every heart and every mind, that you'd transform our minds, Lord, by the renewing, transform our minds, that, Father, your word would, would, would speak to our hearts, that, Lord, we would not be like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like, but, Lord, we would see, Lord, your image, and, Lord, follow you. I pray, Lord, this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Several months ago, I, had, uh, I was just walking through uh, on one of the streets in Bustleton, I was walking to the bank. And as I'm walking, I see a lady who I, I had known for quite a while. And she's walking towards me very slowly. She has two walking sticks, one in each hand, walking very slowly. As I walk up to her and approach her and begin conversation, I said th- that, that usual thing, how are you going? And she says, well, actually, I'm not going very well at all. I've had a fall. She was an elderly lady. She says, I've had a fall at home and... I have ripped all of the tendons and ligaments off my hip. She goes on and explains how the ambulance came. The ambulance took her to the hospital. They've done surgery on her hip. And now six weeks later, she still can't walk properly. She's in terrible pain. And so I'm talking to her and and things are going through my mind. And I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? What can I do? The conversation comes to an end. She begins to just very slowly walk on her way. I begin to then keep walking to the bank. As, I'm, as I take some, uh, some steps, God says to me, you need to go and pray for her. You need to go and pray for her. You need to go and pray for her. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. Have you ever had that? Oh. Anyway, I'll pick up the story a bit later on. I'll tell you what happens. On one occasion, Jesus, uh, on another occasion, Jesus turns to his followers and he explains a story to them. He tells them this story um, Sorry, he challenges them with this question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet you do not do what I say? When you ever have like a a double or a a repetition, you know it's important. It's like a highlighting of that, that phrase. Why do you call me master? Why do you call me boss, the captain of the ship? Why do you call me the, the chief? And yet you do whatever you want to do. 
And Jesus explains, well, this is actually like a man. Two, two builders. The first builder, he dug down deep. He digs down and he lays a foundation on the rock. And when the flood comes, the torrent strikes the house, but it could not shake it. Why? Because it was well built. And Jesus says, well, this is the man who hears my words and then puts them into practice. And the second person, the second builder, was not so wise. The foolish builder, what does he do? He builds the house on the sand or the unstable foundation. And then when the torrent strikes the house, it collapses and its destruction is complete. And Jesus says, well, this is the guy who hears my words but doesn't put them into practice. So we have a comparison here. Jesus uses this as a, as a teaching to the disciples. Friends, I want to remind you this morning that obedience to God will bring the secure foundation for your life. Obedience to the Lord will bring the secure foundation for your life. See, how many of you know that you can hear the word of God? You can see what what God's word is doing in other people's lives. But if all we're going to do is just leave it sitting on the coffee table or on the bookshelf, it's not going to do much good. We've got to start living by it and applying it and declaring that the word of God is the foundation for our lives. Oh, praise the Lord. He is the one. It's him that brings the solid foundation. I often share with young people in our church who are going through financial situations and crises. We have Filipinos in our church who often send a lot of money back to the families. You've got to realize that in the Philippines, they, if, if you don't have support, you die, basically. They don't have the support like we do here in this blessed country of Australia. So but because of that, they send, uh, it, it leaves their own financial situation in jeopardy. And I have to counsel them and say, when I see the tears coming down their eyes and when I see the struggles that they're going through because their, their own financial situation is crumbling, I say to them, look, we need to turn to the word of God and find the foundation in their word. The word of God tells us to be anxious for nothing. But by everything in prayer and petition and thanksgiving in your heart, present your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's what the word of God says. So I begin to explain to them again about the principle of honoring God with our tithes and our offerings, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to put him first, to be anxious for nothing. Oh, praise the Lord. So friends, as we are obedient to his word, he builds the solid foundation. We don't have to start wondering where the next, pay, uh, 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 the next paycheck's going to come from because of his word. Praise the Lord. His word will accomplish his purposes. He is the rock of ages. He's the eternal one. He's the refuge. He's the, the strength. He's the tower. He's the one that we can depend upon no matter what it is that we're facing in this day and age. I used to think, well, if only I had more money, then I'd have it all together. <laughs> I used to think if only I was a smarter person, then I would be successful. I used to think if only I had more abilities and more uh, talents, then I'd have it all made. <laughs> I Actually, before I came to Jesus Christ some 20 years ago, I had a plan. I had a, I had a success plan for my life. And I'll tell you the success plan. I was going to, within six weeks... All I had to do was win lotto, 
So I was just going to go to the newsagent. For six weeks, I was going to win the lotto. Once I won the lotto, I'd be set up. I'd follow through process after process. I'd have this and that and everything else. It was all set. All I had to do was win the lotto. Friends, this morning, it's wrong thinking. It's wrong thinking. You see, as soon as we take the God factor out of our life, there's nothing left. There's no foundation. There's no security. There's no stability. Oh, praise the Lord. So this morning, we want to be, you know, many people want to be successful in life. Success is good. Success is good. I'm not against success. Success in God's eyes, though, is not dependent upon the gold or the gals or the glory. None of these things. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We turn to him. There can be no success or blessing or favor apart from him. I love how the Bible shows us contrasts, shows us people who got it right and people who got it wrong. In 2 Kings chapter 18, it tells us about Samaria, the capital of the northern part of Israel. Samaria was under siege by the Assyrian army. And it's not long before Assyria, before the people of Israel in Samaria are deported into Syria. Okay, it says that. And it tells us in 2 Kings 18.12 the reason why. It says they had not obeyed the Lord their God but had violated his covenant, all that Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded. They neither listened to the commands nor carried them out. Isn't that sad? They completely ignored it. But then there were others who got it right. King Hezekiah, who was around at the same time, we give Hezekiah a big tick because we find that Hezekiah removed all the high places. He took away all the sacred uh, things, all of the sacred stones and the Asherah poles. And the Bible says that because he held fast to the Lord and did not cease to follow him, he kept the commands of the Lord that Moses had given and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. Isn't that awesome? He was successful in whatever he undertook. It was the same principle when God came and spoke to Joshua. Remember how Moses had died? Joshua had come in. He was about to take the people in to the promised land. And God says says to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be careful to obey all the the, the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be what? Successful wherever you go. Successful wherever you go. Successful in the eyes of God. Not in the eyes of the world. There's a big difference. Successful in the eyes of God. Friends, obedience to, uh, to God is a key to that success in the eyes of God. If you want success in the eyes of God, be obedient to his word and to his voice. Notice I say it's a key. There's many other keys. Faithfulness, love, uh, trust, honor, many other things. Who doesn't want success? In their life, some people think it's wrong to expect success, but we should expect success in business, in our careers, in our marriages, in the family. In fact, in every aspect of your life. Come on, we're God's people, we're His, His chosen people, who are His sons and His daughters. He wants to lavish His goodness upon us, but He's seeing how we're going to handle it. How are you going to handle that success factor in your life? Come on, friends, let's be obedient to Him. So why should we obey God? Why? 
Is it something that we want to get out of that? What's the whole reason? Why do we want to obey God? Is it so that we can be successful? Is it so that we can get everything that we want in life? Is it so that we can avoid problems, avoid the negative consequences of disobedience? Why do we obey God? For some, it might be the fear factor. Um, God, if I don't do this, I know I'm going to be getting a clobbering. I'm going I'm to be in for it. The fear factor. We took our kids and Michelle over to uh, the Gold Coast a couple of months ago. And there we were. We arrived at Movie World. And as I'm pulling into the car park, I see this, this ride called the Batwing. And it's, oh, it must be a kilometre high. It's <laughs> so we walk in through the gates. And the kids, as soon as we walk in there, we're, they're very excited. And as we walk up to this, this Batwing ride, it's got all these chairs around about this massive tower. And all of a sudden, it just launches into the air, goes up to the top, and then it starts to free fall down. And the kids are saying, that's for you, Dad. That's for you! And you know, I, said, <laughs> I said to the kids, look, uh, what I'm going to do, what I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stand here and take the photos as you go on the ride. I do not want to miss this opportunity. You go on the ride, I'll take the photos. And the kids thought, oh, I don't know. They thought oh, they could see what I was up to. The fear factor. Sometimes we're in that place, aren't we, of fear. Of fear, and it's not where we should be. But we've, sometimes we become afraid of the consequences of disobedience. And we shouldn't be in that place. We shouldn't be uh, obedient out of that factor. It's that thing of saying, well, I'll, I'll obey only because I know what I'm going to get if I don't obey you, Lord. And to be honest, I came to Christ 20 years ago because I didn't want to, I, I, I wanted to avoid the negative consequences of sin and disobedience. I, did, I have to be honest, I didn't want to go to hell. And so I trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I accepted that gift of eternal life, the forgiveness, hallelujah. And I've never looked back. And so there is that thing. But the thing is that fear will actually rob us as believers of the joy that God wants us to experience as we follow him. The Bible says in 1 John 4.18 that the one who fears is not made perfect in love. This morning, are you walking in, in that fear? Are you, I pray that you're not. I pray you're not. Why do we obey God? For some, it might be the blessing factor. I will obey you, but it's because I want to get something really good. Do you know it's amazing what our kids will do if they know they're going to get an ice cream from Macca's? <laughs> I've never seen rooms so tidy. I've never seen cars clean so well. It's amazing. I'm going to get an ice cream. Isn't that right, Lydia? No, not quite. No. But it's that blessings factor. God... I want to get something good out of this. And that's not what it should be about. It shouldn't be about that. You may remember how Peter turns to Jesus one day and he says to him, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. Now then, what will be in it for us? That's what he says. And Jesus says to him, Peter, Peter, don't worry. Don't worry. Nobody who has chosen to follow me, who's picked up his cross, who's left houses and brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life in other words peter don't worry we're going to look after you there's going to be the blessing 
You're going to be blessed if you follow me. But what is your motivation for obedience? Why do we follow what God says? Why do we pick up the Bible and and do what it tells us to do? I believe if our motivation for obedience is purely out of fear or out of the promise of some reward, we've actually missed the point. God's looking for more than that. God's looking for men and women, boys and girls, who will actually choose to to obey him and his voice and his word and his promptings as an expression and demonstration of their love for him. Their love for him. It's the highest motivator for obedience. I don't know about you, but as parents, I'd much rather have our kids come to us or, or, or do what we've asked them to do simply because they love mom and dad. Not because of what they're going to get or the fear of a, or whatever else. It's, it's, it's because they love us. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. If you love me, you'll obey what I command. Do you know it's actually a prophetic statement? It's not, Jesus is not saying this. He's not saying, if you love me, you will obey what I command. He's not saying that. It's a prophetic statement saying that if you love me, you will obey what I command. You will obey what I command. In other words, it's saying, even if I get thrown alive into a fiery furnace, I'm not going to bow down, but I'm going to serve you, Lord. Even though I'm 100 years old and I've only got one child that, God, you've promised to me, I'm still going to obey what you've told me to do. Even though I go through times which are extremely difficult and I don't know which way to turn, Lord, because what you've said into my life, I'm going to obey you. It's the motivation. It's why we obey him, because of who he is. Friends, I could never love the way that Jesus has loved. The love that he has poured into my life and all of our lives is beyond measure. I couldn't love that way, but I want to reflect. I want to begin to reflect that love back to him, back to his people, back to those that he has died for. I love it how Peter gets it right sometimes. He didn't always have his foot in the net. He didn't always make a blunder. Jesus says to Peter, launch out into the deep and let you down your nets for a catch. And Peter, he's, bless him, he says, Jesus, we actually know this place probably better than anybody else. We know these waters. We're fishermen. Come on. We know this place. But because you say so, I will do it. Because you say so. What happens? They go out, they they haul in a massive catch because Jesus says so. I love what what Mary says. I think Mary had it right. This is the mother of Jesus. And they they were at that feast in Cana and she said to those servants, just do whatever he says. Just do whatever he says. It 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 just works. Obedience in itself is actually not the problem. It's not the problem. The problem is that we often listen to the wrong voice. I remember preaching last year at our campsite, and it was an open air service, and all we we had a uh, like a uh, an amplifier like this type of thing like this over here, and we had a uh, I just had a microphone. I'm just preaching out. All of a sudden, I start hearing this this new voice starts to come over the PA system, a new voice. I think, what on earth's going on here? I'm preaching, I continue to preach. This voice keeps coming through. You wouldn't believe what it is. It was the Bustledon harness racing. 
It was the radio waves coming through on the, ra- on the, on the thing. And they're coming to the 800 metres and chewing gum sticking to the rails and ice creams being licked as usual. And now they're coming to the 400 metres and it goes on and on. I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. I had to turn it off and just go, and just go without it. The wrong voice was coming through. The wrong voice. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. Who do we listen to? Every day, you and I have the choice. Are we going to listen to the flesh? Are we listen to the world? Are we going to listen to the enemy? Or are we actually going to listen to what God says? Are we going to listen to the, what the Word says? Are we going to listen to the, the Holy Spirit? You and I probably all know that story of King Saul. And he was told, to, as he went to war against the Amalekites, to completely wipe them out. Not to leave a single thing or animal or anything. That was his instructions. And then the prophet Samuel comes along. He's walking and uh, he's actually a little bit late. Men of God are never usually late, but this time he was. And he was late and uh, he comes up and he's, he's, he's walking next to Saul. And he hears this sound of sheep and of cattle. And he says, Saul, what's this sound that I hear? And Saul says, don't worry. Don't worry. What we've done here, I know um, we were supposed to have wiped out all of the, uh, the, the army. We were supposed to have wiped out all the animals. But don't worry. We've got it all worked out. What we've done is we've saved the best as a sacrifice to God. We've done what we can because, you know, this is what God would be happy with. And, Saul, and Samuel says, Saul, You've missed the whole point. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. And Saul says, you know, you're right. I have sinned. Listen to this though. I've sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people and so I gave in to them. That's what it says in 1 Samuel 15, 20. I was afraid of the people and I gave in to them. Who does Saul listen to? He listened to the voice of man. He listened, and because of that, the kingdom was, was ripped off him. He listened to the voice of man. Judas, one of the 12 disciples, those who had been, who'd been called apart, chose to listen to the voice of Satan. And, he, and, he, and he, he sold Jesus, the king of glory, over to the religious leaders for 30 pieces of silver. He listened to the voice of the enemy. Achan, the guy who went into that with the campaign against Jericho, he saw the gold and he saw the robes and he saw all the beautiful things. He kept them for himself, but he was put to death because of his disobedience. Achan listened to the voice of self. Peter and John they're walking along and they see a crippled man at the gate, beautiful one day as they're going to the temple. The guy gets miraculously healed. The city goes bananas and the officials say, well, what's going on here? And they order Peter and John not to speak anymore in the name of Jesus. They throw him into jail. An angel comes along, lets them out, tells them to keep speaking this message of this new life. And... Listen, as, as, the, as Peter and John are then arrested again, they say these words to, to, the, to the officials. Who are we going to obey? We must obey God rather than men. This morning, friends, whose voice are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Come on, press into the voice of the Holy Spirit. Press into the word of God. Allow his word, allow his word, his voice to be the, the overarching, the resounding voice in your life. Come on, 
you and I have a choice to make every day. It actually comes down to a choice of lordship, of allegiance. Who are we going to listen to? The voice of the, the world, the enemy, the flesh, or the voice of God. Jesus turns to Peter in John 21, and he asks him, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? And again he says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? The third time Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Of course I do. You know I do. I love you, Lord. Do you know, it's, how many of you know it's very easy to say that we love him? Very easy. Words come very easy. It's another thing to actually prove that and demonstrate it and express it. Jesus turns to Peter and he says these things. And then Peter says, of course I do. And then he says, feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. Follow me. Follow after me. Follow my instructions. Follow my guidelines. Follow my directions. Listen to my voice. Do what I'm calling you to do. Now, we may not all be Peter's. Jesus had a specific ministry and a task for Peter to do, to be a shepherd. But each one of us, I believe God is calling us to follow him, to listen to his voice. I love to just sit in my office or even just in the morning time, just in that quiet time, and I will not say a word. I just want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to just hear what his beautiful voice has to say to me. Do you know it's always a voice to build me up? It's always a voice to cause me to go on. It's always a voice of victory. It's always a voice of saying, you can do it because I'm with you. Hallelujah. Do you know when we start to listen to our own voice, the voice of other things, it's not that way. It's not a voice of victory. It's always a voice of pulling you down. Come on, friends. Let's just be obedient to him. Follow me, Jesus says. He says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. You will obey. Don't worry about the person next to you. That's what Peter said. What about him? What about John? What about him? Don't worry about him. You follow me. Friends, this morning, you follow him. The Apostle John said this later on in 2 John 1 verse 6. He said, this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As simple as that. This is love. If you're, Friends, if this morning, if you want to express God's love language, tune out to the voices that are going on around about you. Tune out to them and tune into the voice of the Lord. I love how um, John is the only one. John is the only one. As the, as, the, as the 12 disciples are around the table with Jesus, where's John got his head? Right there. Listening. I believe he's listening to the heartbeat of God. He's listening to the very heartbeat of God. God wants to impress that. God wants to speak into your life continuously. He wants you to know his heartbeat. He wants you to know his ways. But tune out of those voices that often crowd your attention. Get to know his word and draw close to him. Listen to his heart. Develop the intimacy with Jesus. It's so easy. You know, we, we, we can develop an intimacy with wives, our children, and all sorts of people. But often we, we neglect the Lord Jesus Christ. We neglect to get to, into that place, the secret place, the secret place. Develop that intimacy with him. Observe the example of what others have done. The Hudson Taylors, the William Careys, 
the David Livingstons, the C.T. Studs, all of these guys, men and women, both old, present, you know, all of these people who have done amazing things. They've listened to God's voice, they've stepped out in faith, and they've seen the miracles accomplished. That's what faith is, hearing his voice, saying, God, I'm going to step out now, and then seeing the miracle unfold before your eyes. Come on, friends. Get, God is not a hard taskmaster. He's not looking for slaves. He's already redeemed you and me from the slave market of sin. Hallelujah. He's taken us out of a place of darkness and put us into a place of light, into a place that shares his presence. He's not looking for slaves. He's not even looking for servants. Do you know he's got millions of angels who are willing to do his bidding? He's not looking for that. He's looking for his sons and daughters who are willing to say, God, no matter what comes against me, no matter what the outcome might be, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you as an expression of my love for you. Because of what you have done for me on the cross, Lord Jesus, I am going to serve you and trust you and follow you all the days of my life. Do you know God wants us to build our lives upon his word? He loves us so much. He doesn't want to leave us where we were. He wants us to take us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from place of honor to place of continued honor in him. He's a wonderful God. He's a wonderful, wonderful God. He's redeemed us. Let's walk as children of God with our heads held high, saying, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be obedient to you. I started this this, this morning, my message, by sharing about this lady. As she walks away, and as I'm walking to the bank, I hear this, I hear God speaking to my heart, go and pray for her, go and pray for her, go and pray for her. That was the distinct words I felt in my spirit, go and pray for her. I thought, oh, Lord. So I keep going to the bank. I say, as I'm walking to the bank, I say, God, if I see her again, then yes, I will pray for her. <laughs> I come back from the bank and who do I see right there in front of me by, the, by, her, uh, by her car, by this lady again. Go and pray for her, go and pray for her, go and pray for her. And so I'm standing there and I'm standing there. What do I do? And I see her very slowly then just walking then to the next shop. I said, right, oh God, I'm going out. I'm doing this now. So I start to, I walk up to her I've, and I, I just stop her and I said, look, I just say, this is going to sound really strange, but I really sense that God just told me to come and just to pray for you. What, what's hap- I knew what had happened. And uh, she said, okay, that's fine. That's okay. I said, oh, good, okay. So I just, put, uh, I just put my hand on her hip and I just said a very simple prayer. You know, be healed in the name of Jesus. And then I said, okay, now I just want you to walk. And so... She hesitates. And then she takes a step forward. And then she takes another step forward. And then she turns around at me and she says, what on earth did you do? <laughs> what did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. It's God. God did this. And she said, I've got no more pain. And she walks and she starts to walk around without the walking sticks. And I'm thinking, thank you, God. I'm so glad. <laughs> Those times when you... You know you've got to do something and you step out in faith. Anyway, 
I walk away. She says to me, oh, do you think you could pray for my husband as well? He's in, he's in trouble at home. He's, he's had something happen. I said, look, I'd love to. Let's meet up a time. Let's do this. Anyway, so I'm walking away, and I just, I just wanted to share with my wife. So I phone up my wife, just tell her what God has done. She, she's happy as well. And uh, as I'm actually then I'm walking, I, I wanted to walk and actually just see her for something else. I'm walking there. In the meantime, her manager phones up Michelle, my wife, and he says, I've just seen your husband with his hands all over this lady. <laughs> and he'd actually, it turns out, he'd been in the car 10 feet away seeing the whole thing, right? Seeing the whole thing. And, he's, and he says, look, he, he's, he's had his hands all over this, this woman. And my wife turns and, on the phone and she says, don't worry, because God's just showing up. And God's just healed that woman. And he goes, and he recognized it. And there was other, I didn't notice this at the time, but there were others around about who'd seen what happened. See, friends, when we step out in obedience and start to do what it says in his word, and when we start to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, God does amazing things. I would never have seen that thing happen if it wasn't just for a simple step of obedience. Let me tell you, friends, I'm no superman in faith, all right? I'm just like anybody else. I tremble. Sometimes, but God gives us the grace. He gives us the uh, He gives us the, uh, the the unction. He gives us that what we need at the time to say, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out. I'm going to be obedient to Your voice. Oh, friends, this morning I'm going to close with this uh, with Oswald Chambers. He says, "If my relationship to Him is that of love, I will do what He says without hesitation." If I hesitate, it is because I love someone I have placed in competition with him, namely myself. Jesus Christ will not force me to obey him, but I must. And as soon as I obey him, I fulfill my spiritual destiny. My personal life may be crowded with small, petty happenings, altogether insignificant. But if I obey Jesus Christ in the seemingly random circumstances of life, they become pinholes through which I see the face of God. Then when I stand face to face with God, I will discover that through my obedience, thousands were blessed. Hallelujah, friends. Come on. You know, if we want to speak God's love language, let's just be obedient to what he's saying. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. Let's stand together, friends, this morning. Let's stand as we just... Uh, this, I just want us to just make a fresh commitment for us as a, as a body of believers to make a commitment to Jesus Christ as an expression of our love to him we're going to be obedient we're going to be obedient servants to him father i just thank you lord this morning i thank you father god for the wonderful love that you demonstrated to us in that while we were yet sinners christ jesus our lord died for us he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Lord, for my sake, for the sake of these people here, but Lord, above all, for the glory of your name. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, right now, over every single individual here, that Lord God, that there would be, Lord, in us, rising up a sense of a, and passion for a love for you, not because of what we want to avoid, not because we want to, of what we might want to get, 
not because we want a solid foundation of our lo- in our life as good as that is, not because we want to be blessed as good as that is, but because of who you are, because of your great love for us, we in turn want to express our heart of gratitude. We want to express our love for you in obedience. Father, I pray over every individual now that, Lord, Lord, the voice of the enemy, the voice of the flesh, the voice of the world will have no effect. But, Lord God, the voice, your voice, the beautiful, powerful, sweet voice of Jesus would resonate in our ears that, Lord God, there would be a, such a discernment, Lord, that we would know your heart in every situation, in every moment of the day, Father. I speak blessing over your people now. I speak life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.